Hello, and welcome to the Learn to Mediate online podcast. I'm Susan Guthrie, your host, and I'm one of the leading experts in online mediation. I have personally been mediating online for over five years now, and I have my own fully online family law mediation and coaching practice. Two years ago, after so many of my colleagues reached out wanting to know how I was doing it, I created the Learn to Mediate Online training program. And to date, I have personally trained thousands of mediators in how to successfully conduct their mediations through an online platform. As a leading figure in the online mediation movement, I am privileged to be on the cutting edge of developments and advances in online practice, and this podcast has been created to share that information with you. So tune in each week to get the inside story on how to mediate online. I invite you to now listen to today's podcast. Hello, and welcome to today's podcast. I'm Susan Guthrie, your host, and today I want to talk about, you know, the result we are all hoping for when we go into a mediation, be it in person or online, and that is we come to an agreement. We, our participants, are able to resolve their issues, or at least some of them, and now we have the issue in an online mediation of how do we memorialize the settlement agreement or the term sheet or you know, whatever terms could be resolved. Um, sometimes even if we have a partial agreement, it's a great idea to get that in writing. In fact, in many jurisdictions, it is a requirement that any agreement be put into writing and signed or in some other way acknowledged by all of the participants so that it can be submitted to court. So this becomes an issue, right, where everyone is now remote from each other. I mean, certainly some of the participants may be in the same space. Often attorneys and their clients might be in the same space. An adjuster might be with the attorney in their office. But for most virtual proceedings, these days especially during COVID, most of the participants in an online mediation are going to be remote and never be in the same location. And in fact, you know, one of the benefits of online mediation is that the participants can really be anywhere with those limitations regarding confidentiality and privacy that we've talked about in other episodes. But it does create an issue, right, where people are not sitting around your conference table or sitting in your conference rooms with their pen out ready to sign a document. So there are various different ways to deal with this issue. Let's go over a few of them. And then, you know, really what I always tell everyone is it's not a one and done solution. What works for one mediation may not be the best solution for all your mediations. So I always say the best thing to do is have more than one trick up your sleeve. So always be prepared to have different ways to resolve things. So by far one of the most popular uh, ways to do this is first to you need to come up with the agreement. Uh, most often in an online mediation, especially when it's on Zoom, what I see people doing and in fact do myself would be to have one participant share their screen and share the document that is memorializing the agreement. This is really effective 
because by putting the agreement up on the same screen that everyone is looking at, discussing it while you are all looking at the same document and seeing the changes as they are being made. So when people make a suggestion, oh, in paragraph one, I would prefer that you take out the words, you know, this, that, and the other thing and it, and insert this. It can be discussed. It can be redlined. It can be reviewed all at that time. So the screen share is a very effective way for there to be a document created. So there's your memorializing of the document. Almost all video conferencing platforms have some ability to screen share, and that is incredibly effective. Um, however, you still have an issue, which we're going to discuss about how you then send that out for everyone to sign it. But there is an additional benefit to the screen share because often while you um, are in, say, one breakout room or the main conference room, going over and creating the agreement with the attorneys, those attorneys prior to signing and having their client sign need to go back to their clients and review those documents as well with them. So again, the easiest way to do this is to share that document either through the chat function. So whoever created it would send the final version to all the recipients or to the attorneys, to the drafters, to the correct parties, or it could be shared via the Dropbox link or other secure document um, transmission platform, as we've talked about in other episodes. And then each attorney can go back to their respective breakout room with their clients using the screen share function again, pull that document up on the screen and do that line by line or whatever type of review they need to do with their client prior to there being a signature. So that is a very effective way to handle the creation of the document. And it's by far what I would say is the most common. Other ways that I do see people doing this are um, several of the document transmission platforms and storage platforms, things like Google Docs, Dropbox, um, I think even um, Microsoft's uh, platform as well, allow you to create shared documents. So now remember, this is different from what I was just talking about in the last section where I was talking about one person creating a document that they are the only ones who can make changes, type in words, move things around. They are actually creating that document on their computer. But through the beauty of the shared screen, they can share what they are seeing with all the other participants. The, this alternate method would be sharing a document among the, the drafters. So, it, for example, with a Google Drive or a shared Google document, you can create one document, have everyone open that up through Google. One person could be sharing it on their screen. But now everyone's also looking at a separate screen. Keep that in mind so they can see the Google Doc. And everyone can be collaborating at the same time on that document. Um, that can be a very effective way as well. Some people find it confusing because it's almost that too many cooks in the kitchen. 
But um, for example, um, Google does show you when someone else is making changes that actually tells you and you can see that change being made in the document. So that is another possible way to create the document. You would do that with the shared document, not the shared screen, right? So we're understanding the differences here. Now, another thing to be aware of, and this is a major benefit of some of the alternate ODR platforms, is some of them actually allow for the creation of documents of agreements right within their platform. So not Zoom, Zoom does not have this functionality, but as an example, Modron. Modron is one of the alternate um, dispute resolution platforms that was created. Uh, if you go look at the episode that I did, I had the founder of Modron, Nathan Polito, on. Um, you can find that episode toward the beginning of the series. And Nathan came on and described Modron's platform. They've been creating it for, I think, almost up to 10 years. They uh, created it for dispute resolution. It has very high security and always has. Um, and they are also integrating new functions, one of which has agreement templates right within the program, which you can then create those agreements. And it has a function for the participants to then indicate their affirmative assent to the terms of that agreement. So you don't need to use anything such as Microsoft Word in our first example where you're sharing a screen but someone's pulling up a separate document preparation program like Microsoft Word or using Google Docs or Dropbox. If you're using Modron as an example, there are other platforms that have this functionality, I believe, but you would not need to open anything else up. You would just then be able to create your agreement right within their platform and get everyone's assent to the terms through the functionality that they have created. So certainly that is something that is taking ODR to the next level, online mediation or dispute resolution to the next level. Another reason why I do advocate keeping your eye on some of these alternate ODR platforms Things like Zoom and BlueJeans and all of those are great, but the functionality for us in particular, the dispute resolution professionals, can't be beat by what some of these smaller platforms are doing. And as an example, Modron created that functionality based upon feedback they received from us as professionals. So if you want to see your suggestions at work, communicate with these smaller platforms. Um, so then you get to the issue, well, how do people, if you're not using Modron, how do people indicate their assent? How can you memorialize their assent to this document? And this can, again, become an additional issue. So certainly one way to do this, and I would call this a little bit more old-fashioned, is to circulate the document to the participants or to counsel. Um, now, that should not be done, as we've always talked about, it should not be done by email, but it could be done through link in the chat, through the Dropbox, through the Google Docs, through whatever your secure document transmission platform is. As the recipients then receive the document, 
depending on their functionality. They can either bring it up on a screen that has a um, capability to handle signatures. So um, as an example, if someone has a touch screen computer or an iPad Pro, one of those larger iPads, they can usually pull a document up and actually write right on the screen to do signatures, which is the easier way to do it. If not, it may require printing that document out, having the appropriate signatures put on there, you know, ex the, have the document executed. It would then need to be scanned, which can be done by app. For those of you who are looking for a good app, I do most of my scanning because it's just faster um, by a uh, app. I'm holding my phone up here. It's called the Scanner app. It's a free app and it's Scanner app, A-P-P. Um, and you just hold it up and use your your phone to take a picture of each page, it then turns it into a PDF, which you write from the app can then send as an email back or save that you wouldn't be doing that with, you know, confidential documents. Um, so, uh, but you can then just save it right to the Dropbox or the shared file or whatever you're using so that it goes back to the appropriate recipient. That takes a little bit of time and functionality. Those of you who know me know that I love to use e-signature platforms. Uh, my personal favorite is DocuSign. I think DocuSign um, has a number of benefits. One, it's relatively inexpensive. I believe I pay about $16 per month for the use of their platform. It is a secure platform. And it um, is one of those platforms that pretty much everybody knows. Um, these days, DocuSign has been used for so many, you know, house closings and signatures in the world um, in so many different ways that almost everyone has some familiarity with it. So I, I think of DocuSign as the Zoom of e-signatures, right? Everybody's used Zoom. That's one of the benefits of Zoom is that everyone is familiar with it. Well, DocuSign for me is the same thing, but there are others. There's Write Signature, there's Hello Signature, uh, there's Adobe Sign. It doesn't really matter which platform as long as it has the functionality that you need. Now, this still requires extra steps, but if signatures are important to you um, and e-signatures are acceptable, it can be wonderful to you upload the document right into, I'll, I'll use the example of DocuSign, you upload the document right into DocuSign, you put those little, remember back in the old days when our assistant would put those little stickers on there with the arrows that said sign here? Well, you, you get the virtual equivalent of that from DocuSign, and they're color-coded, so that each person knows where they are supposed to be signing. Uh, the, the program also walks them through where they're supposed to be signing. And then you can do a nice little cover email and send that out to everyone. That is a secure platform for sending things. The signatures are then done by each individual party. You can have them done en masse, meaning anyone can do them at any time, or you can actually set the signing order. The nice part for me, and one of the reasons that I really love um, DocuSign, is once everyone has signed, you can set it up that a fully executed copy will then be delivered to everyone without you having to take any further steps. 
So that is very helpful, um, I have found, for getting those signatures. Now, another thing to note is some of the video conferencing platforms are allowing for the integration of e-signature platforms. So you should check with your platform of choice, your video conferencing platform of choice, and see if they are now allowing those integrations because again, you're gonna start being able to eliminate some of these steps. All of this is moving very quickly. I will say these advancements, these upgrades, these new integrations are coming along fast and furious because so much is happening in the world of virtual everything. Um, so definitely check it now, but don't be surprised even if the platform you're using doesn't allow it now, they very well may be allowing it down the road. Now, if you do not need a signature right away, Another thing that I know that many mediators are doing is they turn on the camera. Now, remember, we do not record the meetings, but they confirm with everyone that they are going to read the agreement into the record, so essentially into the camera, um, and then they will have each and every individual while recording, go around, I'll call it the room, the virtual room, and indicate that the agreement is as they understand, that they um, agree to its terms, that they feel whatever the terms are, you know, in, in family law, we say we, that you feel it's fair and equitable under the circumstances, whatever nice canvas of the parties and uh, those who are signing would be helpful. And that is being done by a, a large number of both mediators and arbitrators that I know um, as a way to cover things until the fully signed documents can be received to be submitted to court so that you deter people backing out because they didn't have an e-signature or a wet signature. Um, so that is, now you do need to go around the room prior to turning on the recording, make sure everyone understands that you're turning on the recording and the, and the parameters of what is going to happen. And you do want to make sure as you're recording that nothing that is not to be recorded is stated. So everybody needs to be very clear that what's going to happen is that you're going to be reading into the record and then that, you know, everyone will go around the room and affirm their consent. Um, now, there is an additional issue when you need a notary or um, having a signature uh, verified. The need for notarization or taking someone's um, acknowledgement on a signature does add a layer of complexity and one that in most cases cannot be dealt with in the moment. Um, again, you could still go around the room, have everyone confirm their assent or do whatever you can do um, to solidify your agreement and memorialize it, but then notarization services will need to be handled in many cases after. Now, I do want to make a note of that, though. One of the things that has come about um, and is growing in acceptance as well as admissibility are e-notary services, right? Everything else has gone online. Well, notarization and notary services have also gone online. Um, you can check online. 
to see what um, states allow e-notarization. And in that instance, if you are doing a mediation and come to that agreement and want um, to get a notarization, if you have an e-notary on call, you might actually be able to take care of the notarization online. So that can be very helpful. If that's not a possibility, um, you can often, because again, remember, our participants are often remote from us and very often in other locations, other states, you know, re far remote from us. There are visiting notary services and arrangements can be made for a notary to go to any clients if you're dealing with pro se's, et cetera. Um, that is something that obviously would take some time ahead of time to figure out and make arrangements for. But it is something, you know, for uh, for family mediators who may very often need to have the client sign the marital settlement agreement, that is one way to handle it if you are remote from your clients. Um, Another opportunity would be to circulate the agreements to the parties and have them go to their bank, to their life insurance agent, um, or any notary that they might know, or if they're in a state where attorneys can take an acknowledgement like Connecticut, um, they could uh, go to a local attorney or to an attorney that they know. Um, in the probably the worst case scenario, we still do have available to us what I'll call snail mail, the U.S. mail service, overnight services, or if people are close enough, um, we can use courier services. But that's really become sort of the antiquated, la you know, uh, option of last resort uh, because there are so many options that we do have available to us in the virtual world. So I hope that this has been helpful to you all and um, that you're having to use these options all the time as your clients reach agreements and you need to memorialize that settlement agreement. So thank you for joining me. Um, now, one thing I want to let everybody know. Learn to Mediate Online now has, I'm going to call it swag available. Um, we have coffee mugs and other exciting options um, for those who would like to show their support of Learn to Mediate Online. Um, for the time being, I'm going to be running a special offer. If anyone has iTunes, I would ask you to go to iTunes and leave a um, five-star rating and review for the Learn to Mediate online podcast. If you like the podcast, please don't leave us a review. If you don't, I'm not asking you to leave anything false. But if you like the podcast, if you're finding this helpful, I, the, the best way for me to get the word out is by you telling people uh, that the podcast is helpful to you, but also by leaving those ratings and reviews. The more ratings and reviews that a podcast gets, the more people that end up hearing about it, iTunes will move it up. So any of you who are Apple people, I I just urge you and ask you um, to please go and live, give a five-star rating and leave a review. Um, if you are an Android user, please do it on podbean.com. Same thing. If you leave a rating and review, um, I would greatly appreciate it. And what I will be doing is at the end of each month, I will put um, all of the names of the parties 
of the people who uh, do leave a rating and review, and I will draw two of them and send you out some Learn to Mediate online swag. And, and you know what? A shout out and a thank you um, on a future episode. So thank you very much, everyone. I really hope that you're finding these episodes helpful. Please reach out to me with any topics that you would like to hear. Um, I'm always trying to make sure that I'm bringing you the most current and up-to-date information as you are learning to mediate online. So thank you. Thank you for joining me on this week's episode of the Learn to Mediate Online podcast. I'm Susan Guthrie, and if you liked this episode, please give me a five-star rating and tell me what you did like in a review. Join me each Tuesday morning at 6 a.m. to hear another episode, and be sure to subscribe now so you don't miss one. Send me your questions and comments at susan at learntomediateonline.com. And you can find out more about my trainings and programs at learntomediateonline.com. I'll see you next week.